but it is appealing. Everything the traffic will allow. Nowhere could you have that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. Yesterday they told you you would not go far. That night you opened and there you Stay on your dressing room, they found a star. Let's go on with our show. Welcome to another show that celebrates the very, very best of theatre and musical theatre. My name is Ian Cheeseman. This show is called Break a Leg. And if you've never listened to it before, then welcome along. If you're a regular listener, it's lovely to know that you're out there because I, just like you, particularly if you're listening to this show, absolutely love musical theatre in particular, but all theatre. Being in an audience and seeing people performing right in front of you is just amazing. This week I went to watch uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was on at the uh, the Manchester Palace Theatre, and what a fantastic production that was with a set which was very, very flexible and very, very impressive. It was the West End in Manchester. But I also went along to watch my son performing in Avenue Q, which is a very, very funny musical which uses sort of puppet-type characters like the Muppets. So you get everything from Amdram to professional in this area. Don't you just love it? Now, one brand-new musical which is coming to Manchester in November is I Should Be So Lucky. It's based on the songs of Stock Aitken Waterman, who had so many hits in the 90s. 1980s, And I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to be at the launch of the musical and indeed I featured last week an interview with one of the cast. But we're going to do a lot more this week. We're going to feature interviews, for example, with the creator of the whole show, Debbie Izzett, and Pete Waterman, one-third of the Stock Aitken Waterman trio, wrote all the songs. And there'll also be an interview with a local man, Mark Hilton. He's from Ashton the Line and he's associate director at the moment of Newsies, which is running in London, but also lots and lots of other stuff explaining what he does. So loads of great interviews on the way. We'll hear from uh, two of the performers in the upcoming show, I Should Be So Lucky, right after a couple of the songs from the show, which were performed on the day live. I Should Be So Lucky and Never Gonna Give You Up. I dream about you all the time In my mind a celebration The sweetest of sensations Thinking you could be mine In my imagination There is no hesitation We walk together hand in hand I'm dreaming You fell in love with me Like I'm in love with you But dreaming's all I do If only they come true
and I play Michael in I Should Be So Lucky. Which none of us have seen yet, but no. you are rehearsing and, in fact, workshopping. And I love the concept of workshopping, and I'm guessing that as actors, you do too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, workshops are actually my favourite part of the career um, because it's just the most creative part. It's the most creative stage. You're kind of making up a show in a room and also getting paid for it. <laughs> you also have so much freedom as an actor in a workshop to create these roles and these characters and your story arc. So it's so, it's so you know, great as an actor to be able to do that. It's so much fun, isn't it? Yeah. We'll talk about the detail of this show in a moment, but just give us an idea of your two previous experiences and background that have got you to this point. Scott. <laughs> um, I've done it mainly musical theatre. Um, I've, I've done quite a lot of tours, um, a couple of West End shows. I just finished Bake Off the Musical, which was in on the, at the No Coward, uh, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, and I've worked with Debbie previously. We did a film together, um, and she's just a wonderful person to be, uh, you know, to work with. She's a, she's an amazing creative, and you know, you feel very safe in in Debbie's presence. And um, she's such an incredible, you know, she gives you so much freedom. And you, yeah, you, she's a, it's a, she creates a safe space in the rehearsal room. Um, so yeah, very very excited to start this one. Yeah. What's been your background then? Um, well, I met Debbie, the director, in 2019, I think, um, and it was my first professional job. It was just a workshop of a new film, um, and that was just a week long. And then I went and did tours, and I've done uh, Rent and The Colour Purple and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And then she called me back in to do the workshop for this, and I thought, what a full circle moment that we're now actually doing the show. I can believe it. So, do you sense when you're in this? creative process that compared to what you've done whether it be rent whether it be bake off the musical that this is something extra special yeah i think like i said before debbie creates this environment that is it, it feels special she gets a good group of people together um, and we knew from day one that this is going to be pretty special apparently you know with all this incredible music you can't really go wrong um she yeah like i said she creates this amazing world that it, it's exciting so i think this is going to be a very very exciting journey People come to musicals for different reasons, don't they? I mean, when, when I sit in an audience, I look around and I think, why are you here? Why are you here? Some it's for the music, yeah. some it's for the story, some of it's just being with people in a, in a theatre. Do you, as performers, sense that when you're performing? Yeah, I think what's nice about this show is it gives you a bit of everything. Um, you absolutely can come just for the escapism of having a lovely, fun night out. But also, it is a bit deep and there are emotional moments and you do go on this journey with all the characters and I just think that you'll finish the show falling in love with everyone, if I'm honest. I think it's going to bring a, a really different audience as well. The generation that's going to come to watch the show, yeah. you know, not just my parents and my, you know, grandma. I think it's going to bring a, a different, completely different audience, which is amazing for theatre. Yeah. Um, they're going to discover this, these, these incredible tunes and these, this incredible music um, and how amazing is that that we get to, you know, to perform and, and to give them that. It's brilliant. 
There seems to be an amazing appetite among audiences at the moment for things that are positive and uplifting and make you walk out of the theatre with a smile on your face. I mean, I know we all, I go and watch serious theatre and drama and all the rest of it, and that can be very fulfilling. But walking out of a show like this, there's no feeling quite like it, is there? Yeah, it's what you need. You know, we've had a, especially with COVID and, and with lockdown, it's been, especially the arts industry, it's been it's been quite tough as, as for everyone it has. But, you know, this is what we need. It's just fun. And it's gonna, we're going to be in Manchester. It's going to be November, so it'll be a bit dark and, you know, Christmassy, but we're going to bring some joy and some, you know, brighten up people's lives, I think. At this point in this, it's brand new to you. One of the things that fascinates me about you performers, I went to watch Book of Mormon last week, for example, and I must have seen it 15 times, and it felt like that that performance was just for me. Every single actor gave absolutely everything, never dropped the standard for a moment. How do you do that? Because you've got 20 dates, 20 venues, and maybe even longer, maybe it'll go to the West End. How do you do that? Food, <laughs> eating, <laughs> carbs, um, and uh, there's a, um, there's a, I don't know who said it, but um, I remember the, I, there's a quote that always sticks in my head that it could be someone's first experience in a theatre. Every show you do, it could be that person's first experience that, you know, it's the first time they've watched a show, so you do it for them, you know what I mean? Like, you do it for, for that specific person. But I think it's just having the commitment and just, we love doing it. Yeah. So it's not, um, it's a job, obviously, and it is hard sometimes, but you sort of go, this is this is just brings joy to people, and why would you not want to do that and enjoy that? It's it's joyous, and we I, I love doing it. Kayla loves doing it. It's, it's you know that's what we do for a living, so it's amazing. How do you psych yourself up? You know, when when you're in, during the daytime, you think we've got another show tonight at seven thirty. What do you do? How do you do? You wind down. You build yourself up. You pump yourself up. What do you do? Both. I mean, lots of rest. It's it is physically, mentally exhausting. Um, rest, and then just getting in and going. Oh my goodness, I am so. Yeah actually blessed that I get to do this. I think it's this career is such a blessing and constantly reminding myself, I have a little ritual, I do a pre-show prayer with anyone in the cast who wants to do it. I do it every show I'm in um, and it's just such a nice way to come together and be like, yes, we get to do this for this audience again and we do it every night. Another yeah. humour in this show. Yeah. Is it hard to get the, the humour you know, bang on every time? I mean, we've not done it yet. But, <laughs> but I think what, what's nice about the way Debbie works is there is so much improv. And, um, you know, it might be that it slightly changes through through the journey of the show. I don't know. Um, but also the cast just really get on. Like, I genuinely think Scott is hilarious <laughs> as, a, as a person, let alone the character. So, yeah, I think it's it's not... Um, I don't feel like I'm acting the whole time. You've got a reputation, <laughs> haven't you? I know. I don't know where this has come from. I really It's lovely, though. I like to bring people joy, and that's all that matters. Um, but, yeah, I think, it's, like what Kayla said, with, with, with Debbie's work, with how she works, it's uh, you... you it could be, it can be different every night, but as long as it's structured and you, you know, everyone knows what your what the, the through line is and what the character says. But it's that's what's the, that's the joy of improvisation, isn't it? You mm. sort of like it might be different every night, and that's what keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? One bit that's not going to be different every night, I presume, is the Kylie Minogue contribution. You're going to have to perform with a legend. Um, have you done any of that yet? Are you still thinking about how that's going to work? Performing with Kylie, well, we don't. Yeah, we don't stop rehearsals till September, so we haven't met her in in <laughs> in virtually, virtually yet. But I mean, I, I mean, that's just a really iconic thing to sort of be able to say. You've been on stage. 
even if it's a, a, a mirage, what do you call it, a hologram, it's, it's still <laughs> so iconic to be involved in something that involves Kylie Minogue. Yeah. That's amazing. No, I can't wait to find out what her character is and how yeah. she progresses the story. Again, um, we don't know anything. We, no, don't, we yeah. don't know that. And again, this is how Debbie works, which is so incredible. We don't. She just wants everything to be sort of like a surprise to the characters as well. So it's, it's a genuine reaction when you know when we see Kylie Minogue on stage. It's going to be genuine because we have no idea of, of her involvement in the show, what, what she does. Yeah. I know I'm a lot older than you, so I saw Time, which was the Cliff Richard musical in the oh. West End at the Dominion Theatre, okay. and they had a hologram in it, and obviously War of the Worlds had Richard Burton in it for a while, so it's not without precedent, no, but no. the way that theatre's going now, and your experiences will probably confirm this, is that set designers and people who plan all this come up with ever more inventive ways of doing it, so whatever happens, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? Oh it's going to be fantastic. I mean, 9 to 5, it with Dolly Parton. She, she appeared in, 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 the, in the beginning. And it's, again, it's just making theatre different. And it's, keep, it's making it exciting. And, you know, for audiences to be able to see... Like what Debbie said about ABBA, you go to ABBA and, and that's a whole... You know, they're all holograms, but it's like seeing a, a concert. It's like seeing an ABBA concert. So hopefully people will come out of our show and, and say, oh, my God, I've seen Kylie Minogue on yeah, stage. That's, an, like that's incredible. With Kylie. With Kylie with yeah. <laughs> I was at ABBA Voyage on Sunday... Uh, sorry, Saturday was, night. So, uh, yeah. I've heard amazing it's brilliant, things. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. See it. Oh, I'm going to, I really do. I really want to go see it. Yeah. Now, the final question to both of you is, I mean, obviously I'm going to play some music from this show, but you've both been involved in theatre. You've obviously loved musical theatre. Have you got a favourite show, favourite song, two different ones? Favourite show? My favourite musical is actually Little Shop of Horrors. Which I yeah, saw on Broadway the week before last. Did you really? I just think That's it mine. is gorgeous. Go on then, Scott. Why is it yours? I, I've, I've loved Little Shop of Horror since I was a, a, a wee little child. Um, honestly, it's my favourite show of all time. My dream so you two are going to agree here. I think we all yeah. agree. What's your favourite song? Somewhere That's Green. Yeah. Because I want to be Audrey. <gasps> you would be yeah. so good as Audrey. Oh. Yeah, I think we can both agree. <laughs> little Shop of Horrors. Somewhere That's Green. Very different to Ellen this. Green version. <laughs> Ellen Green from the film. Yeah. Oh, no. Have you seen the most recent one on Broadway? Stunning. Yeah. 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 I'll play I'll play I'll play I'll play that version then. Listen, when it comes to Manchester, break a leg and Thank have fun. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely Thank to you speak so much. to you. Thank you. Kayla Carter and Scott Page, two of the stars of I Should Be So Lucky, the musical, which opens in November at the Opera House in Manchester. We've got more interviews, more preview of that show coming up very, very soon. Pete Waterman, one of the great writers behind the Stock Cake and Waterman trio, wrote all the music that features in the show. And Debbie Isitt, who is the, well, the impresario, if you like, that's put it all together, directs and producer, etc. So we'll hear from them in just a moment. But uh, Kayla and Scott wanted something from Little Shop of Horrors, more specifically, somewhere that's green, their wish is my command. I know Seymour is the greatest, but I'm dating a semi-sadist, so I got a black eye and my arms in a cast. Still, that Seymour is a cutie. <laughs> well, if not, he's got inner beauty. And I dream of a place where we could be together at last. And what kind of place is that, honey? An emergency room? <laughs> oh, no. It's just a daydream of mine. A little development I dream of, just off the interstate. Not fancy like Levittown. Just a little street in a little suburb, far, far from urban skid row. The sweetest, greenest place 
where everybody has the same little lawn out front and the same little flagstone patio out back. All the houses are so neat and pretty because they all look just alike. Oh, I dream about it all the time. Just me and the toaster and a sweet little guy. Like Seymour. A matchbox of our own. A fence of real chain link. A grill out on the patio. Dispose all in the sink. A washer and a dryer. And an ironing machine. In the track house that we share. Somewhere that's green He rakes and trims the grass He loves to mow and weed I cook like Betty Crocker And I look like Donna Reed There's plastic on the furniture To keep it neat and clean In the pine saw I'm in Cheeseman, this is Break a Leg, all things theatre and musical theatre, and for the moment we're concentrating on an upcoming brand new musical which is bound to be a big hit. Featuring the music of Stockade in Waterman, it's called I Should Be So Lucky, the title of course of Kylie Minogue's breakout single, but she also had a big hit with Jason Donovan called Especially For You, and on the day that I went to the launch of this musical, the cast performed Especially For You. All the time we were apart 
of course for Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue but uh, now to feature in the new musical I Should Be So Lucky featuring the music of uh, Stock Aiken Waterman now this is what you call a jukebox musical of course and the woman who's put it together is Debbie Is It and Pete Waterman was also at the launch one of the trio of Stock Aiken Waterman and I got to chat to the two of them what a thrill and how much of a thrill was it for Pete Waterman who by the way leaves us halfway through the interviews so and I knew he was going to go he was going to get a taxi so be ready for that halfway through the interview but how excited was Pete Waterman about his songs now featuring in a new musical it's exciting to me uh, I mean literally you know this preview today is the first time we've seen it all together as a workshop it's great is anything you ever thought of? In, I mean, you, you probably watched things like Mamma Mia develop. Did you ever think your back catalogue might make something similar? No. No, we, we, it's... We've not been approached, but until the Channel 5 musical, you know, that the documentary, that really opened it up and we went, people do now want to hear our songs because you live in a vacuum, you know. Because, you know, radio doesn't play our songs as much as you think they do. So you go, all right, well, maybe now people looking at this, there's two million viewers. Well, actually, well, wait a minute, we might be more popular than we thought we were. You think melody is underappreciated? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not just melody, the, the lyrics of our songs are very poignant, you know, and, you know, a lot of people don't, don't care about lyrics anymore, you know. Some of the songs, they ain't got a clue what they're talking about. People who go to musicals go for different reasons. I go because I want to particularly enjoy the music. So for you as the songwriter, that is particularly enjoyable, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, when you look at people like Cole Porter and Gershwin and Rogers and Hammerstein, not that I'm comparing, so I can't get up with any of them, but that's what you grow up with, you know. Oklahoma, Guys and Dolls, I mean, that's what I grew up with. You don't ever think you'll go... Because that's not my... It's not. Not, not my bag. So, you know, 25, 30 years later, suddenly, you're actually in musical theatre, the same as Rogers and Hammerstein. You, it ain't guys and dolls, but it's still they're your songs. You might say that you're underappreciated by some DJs and people, but now you're very much appreciated. Um, we're in a different generation now, and people appreciate your music probably more than ever, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, yeah, because people are not... Not snobby anymore. People say, oh, I grew up with your music. It was fantastic. And that must make you more proud than anything. Well, I guess what it does is says we were right in the first place. That's what it does. It pats you on the back and say, well done, son, you were absolutely right. That's, yeah, of course it makes you feel proud. But, uh, you know, because all the years you take the stick, you take the stick, you just get on with it. 
you know, because I always say I don't make record, don't make records for critics. I make records for the public. You know, and the minute the public don't buy it, that's when I made a wrong record. And ultimately for your family as well, because you like me, you're a, you know, we get all getting older. Yep. Your family can now appreciate your legacy, can't they? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and particularly the grandchildren, which is why this is so important. Because uh, you can show the grandkids, and they, you can explain to them what you did, but they can't grasp it. You know, they can't grasp it. When they see a musical, yeah, they grasp it, because, like, did you write that pop? Yeah. Oh, really? You know, because they see videos of Kylie and Jason and Rick, they don't quite get that. They don't, it's, because you can't see me. But if I'm sitting next to them and, you know, they're talking about Stock Ake and Walkman all the time, they get that. The songs, when they came out, had a certain beat to them, almost a Euro beat. Yeah. But within a musical, you have the opportunity to perform these songs in a very different way. Yeah, absolutely that, right. That completely uh, emphasises the lyrics that you've talked about and the melody in a much more accentuated way, doesn't it? And that's what, obviously, our, our input is. There's a balance between what we did and what we're doing. So it has to balance because the audience has got to be brought to the point where they recognise the tune and that's when they get excited. So, like like with I Should Be So Gulky, you can... Uh, or, uh, especially for you, can do it. And then you bring it in and everybody goes... Ah, and they're all up. And so that's, the, that's our main input, is making sure the songs blend in with what the records do. So we don't disappoint all the people that bought the record. So it's a double edge. You, you, you're working for the theatre, but you, you come back to what you know everybody's come to do, and that's sing along. I've, I've, I've seen Judy Kramer be interviewed about the creation of Mamma Mia and the pressure that she felt to do the honour of the Abbas songs justice. You, uh, Debbie, have been in the same situation that you've got this great songbook with great people like uh, Pete and the other two members of the writing team. Did you feel a, a pressure? And what, what drove you to do this in the first place? I mean, it took me like two seconds to say yes when I was asked if I'd like to, tr you know, try and write a story around the songs um, because I love the songs, you know, and I think if I hadn't loved the songs, I wouldn't have done it, you know. So I knew the songs. I loved the songs. I felt very passionately that they would work in a musical. Um, then it was just, I was just tasked with coming up with what musical, you know, because I first thought maybe Stock Aitken Walkman want a musical about them, about the hip factory or about their artists and or maybe they want an original musical a, a, a tale set now or maybe back in the 80s and all these kind of questions and then I just decided to sit and listen to the music and, and write the musical I felt was right and then offered that to to them to see if they liked it really you know and if it would work so um in the end you just have to be true to the music and to yourself don't you as a writer you have to just write this i wrote the musical i wanted to go and see you know and i feel like i've done that you know um and hopefully other people want to see it too um but it was very much inspired by the songs and guided by the songs driven by the songs actually you are a writer yourself, of course, because of what you've done in the past. And just to refer back again to one of my loves, which is Abba, Bjorn, who is the main lyricist, often says that Benny gives him a piece of music, he listens to it and then can sense what the story is. I, I get the feeling from what you're saying that you've listened to that work of music from Pete and his team and done almost the same thing and the story exactly. just emerged from it's it. It's exactly that. Honestly, it was exactly that. Um, I didn't come up with the story and then go through the songs and think I just me, listen to the songs alright hey, nice to meet you Roger. bye Pete uh, Deb, speak yeah, to you later, I'll yeah. speak to you later got, yeah
Um, yeah, so I, 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 I listen to the songs, I absorb the songs, and I let their songs do the work for the story, just in, to inspire my imagination and come up with characters and scenarios and relationships. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was really organic. Uh, it felt really authentic. And then when we workshopped it, it really stood up you know and everyone just sort of really enjoyed it so happy days you ever talked to judy kramer because i've been fascinated by her you feel like the i should be so lucky version of judy kramer yeah right i know i haven't i mean i obviously i'm a big fan of mama mia um i, I i'm going to the party at the o2 soon to experience that but um no i've never spoken to her i mean greatly admire the work um and at all musical theater i mean it's really it's a it's a tough medium to crack and to get right you know but um well we we feel excited by today's events and we hope that that it will entertain and and endure for people you've got 20 dates on the tour to begin with and then could it go to the west end i mean you're talking about mamma mia the party we're talking here what 24 years since that show opened well it's incredible isn't it it's an incredible achievement for them and yes yeah, so we, we're doing a seven month tour and then we really hope to go into the west end of course you know but it depends how it goes i mean we can't write the future we can only just concentrate on what we're doing and love what we're doing and be passionate about it and try and make it as good as possible now i'm not going to ask you for your favorite song from this show but you must love musical theatre generally to be so ensconced in it. Have you got a favourite show and a favourite song I can play for you? Um, it's a really big question, isn't it? There's so many, and they're all so different as well. I, I mean, I honestly, I, I think Come From Away was one of my favourite musicals that I've seen in recent times. It just really moved me, and the simplicity of the storytelling and the songs and the sort of folk kind of vibe was just different and um, an incredible emotional story. So, yes, um, probably Welcome to the Rock. I'll play that for you. Thank, Thank you, and good you. luck break a leg. Thank you so much. Thank you. Debbie, is it one of the, the geniuses about uh, putting together the new musical I Should Be So Lucky, which opens at the Opera House in Manchester in November. You also heard, before he left, uh, Pete Waterman with his views on the writer's stock aching Waterman. Debbie wanted to play something from Come From Away, Welcome to the Rock, and here it is. the northeast tip of North America on an island called Newfoundland. There's an airport. It used to be one of the biggest airports in the world. And next to it is a town called Gander. Welcome to the rock if you come from away. You probably understand about a half of what we say. They say no man's an island, but an island makes a man. Especially when one comes from one like Newfoundland. Welcome to the rock. That morning, I'm in the classroom. It's our first day back and the school buses are on strike, so I'm covering for Annette. Late. Sorry, Beulah. How's the kids? Not exactly thrilled to be inside on such a gorgeous day. So I told them we'd only have a half day this morning, and they were quite pleased. Until I told them we'd have the other half in the afternoon. Welcome to the wildest weather that you've ever heard of. Where everyone is nicer, but it's never nice above. Welcome to the farthest place you'll get from Disneyland. Fish and chips and shipwrecks. This is Newfoundland. Welcome to the Airport Boulevard to get to school, and that time of day, people are in a little bit of a rush to get to work and stuff. So, normally, I sit there and run my radar. And if they're speeding, I'll stop them and write out a warning ticket. I'll write STFD. Slow the fuck down. Welcome to the land where 
solicitors with offices throughout Greater Manchester and Cheshire. If you need legal help or guidance, call 0161 872 or visit howardsolicitors.com. Something a little bit different now. I mean, uh, we're obviously in and around Manchester in our area and uh, some of us uh, might have been uh, people who wanted to be in theatre one day. It's too late for me, but it might not be too late for you, depending on how old you are. And obviously, Amdram is one of the great ways of doing it. And if you are doing an Amdram in the Manchester area and you want to talk to me about it, find me on social media, send me a message, and maybe I'll interview you about your show. Well, Mark Hilton is a local man. He's from Ashton-under-Line in Thameside. And his mum, for example, uh, is part of Duckingfield Amateur Operatic and Dramatic society but mark is now an associate producer what does that entail we'll find out in a moment the show he's working on right now is newses the disney musical which is on the troubadour theater in wembley till the moment i found you i thought i knew what love was now i'm learning what is true that love will do what it does The world finds ways to sting you And then one day decides to bring you Something to believe in For even a night One night may be forever But that's alright, that's alright to believe in now that I know you believe 
to meet And then we meet Who knows why One more stranger on the street Just someone sweet passing by An angel come to save me Who didn't even know She gave me something to believe in For even a day One day, maybe forever But that's okay, that's okay And if I'm gone tomorrow What was ours still will be I have something to believe in were different. If you weren't going to Santa Fe. And if you weren't an heiress. And if your father wasn't after my head. You're not really scared of my father. No, but I'm pretty scared of you. Something to believe in from the brilliant news is the musical, a Disney production which has been running at the Troubadour in Wembley. And Mark Hilton, local man from Ashton Underline, is an associate producer. Here's his story. Well, like you say, I am I am a local lad. I'm from um, from Ducky, Duckingfield, and um, yeah, I think my, my my kind of performing life started very very young because I know I was actually on stage before um, you know I was born. And uh, through through something that I love to kind of push consistently, which is amateur dramatics, which is the uh, the Amdram world. Um, so yeah, I started there really at Hearst Community Centre with Hearst Centre players doing pantomimes, musicals, um, and that passion and that love for storytelling and for theatre just kind of grew and grew until I realised it was something that I wanted to be a vocation. It was it was an absolute love of my life and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So um, I went off to train. Um, I didn't do A-levels or anything like that. I went straight to college. I went to Oldham School of Performing Arts and Media, SPAM, we used to call it, up in Higginshaw at Oldham, a fantastic space where we were, we were kind of, we were separate from the main college. We were kind of um, a little bit of a galaxy on their own. And I think that was the strength of the place that, the people who were leading it was about it was about cultivating young performers and cultivating creativity and allowing you a space to find your voice and what you wanted to do within the performing arts and what was wonderful it wasn't necessarily just about being an actor and or becoming a dancer it was about becoming a better person and i think that's something you know that i've as i've continued in my career of trying to um 
kind of invoke with with students that I teach and with actors that I that I work with on the shows that I work with. It's not just about um, the story we're telling at the moment. It's about you know we, we we've got we've got a voice and it's an important voice that we get given to tell these stories and uh, yeah we 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 need to do that because or else nobody else is going to do it especially with social kind of uh, commentary I think it's really important that theatre can do that but yeah sorry um yeah after Higginshaw um and Oldham College I went down to London I went down to drama school to Mountview. Because at the time, I mean, this is back in the, this was like in the early, early 90s. And the, the, the way that it was happening back then was very much, you did, you went to London and you trained in London because the, ex, the expanded teaching wasn't really happening. All the drama schools were down there. So I took the plunge at, I think, 17, I think I was. And um, blessed mum and dad brought me down in the car and dropped me off with all their stuff with all my stuff. And, uh, yeah, I lived in Battersea for a, a couple of months and trained at Mountview for three years. And, again, just a massive learning curve in terms of just living it, breathing it. Every moment was about theatre, was about creating, was about finding where how you, where you fit within this, within this world. And uh, it was a phenomenal, actually, four years because... As, as I'm sure a lot of the, your listeners will know, um, with with theatre, it's not it's not the cheapest thing to go into when you're training. It is very expensive, and we couldn't afford it. I, you know, the, the 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 council, the government weren't helping with funding by any means. There was no degrees then. There was no way to help you if you if you wanted to do something like this that was a love and a passion. It always seemed like you were fighting against other things to get money to be able to train. And um, I had to take a year out. And I remember in that year out, um, the Mountview were phenomenal. They were absolutely wonderful. And I actually cleaned. I became a cleaner at Mountview. So I'd be there at 6 o'clock in the morning, going around, cleaning the offices, the toilets, all the dance studios. And then um, I was very, very lucky that I was allowed to observe classes. Uh, so I actually observed more on the acting course and the technical course, which has stood me in phenomenal stead. And that's one thing as well to anybody out there who is thinking about, you know, wanting to go into this career is don't just zone it into being an actor, into just your acting classes. It's so important that you get in touch with that, with the physical side of who you are, but also as well, um, ha- having, having, um, having knowledge of technical elements as well like stage management, sound, how sound works, why those speakers are being used and, and things like that. And th- that was a great grounding for eventually, I promise there is a point to this story, um, to eventually get into where I am now, which is a director, which I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to direct. But I always felt for me I had to go through the process of, of doing and being a working actor to be able to understand what actors demand and need out of directors. So uh, I started becoming, uh, I was a resident director after about 10, 15 years of an acting career, which I was very blessed. I had a quite eclectic mix of shows. My first show was Les Miserables on the, on the UK tour. And then I was very lucky to do uh, some original pieces in, um, in the West End, like Beautiful Game, Our House, which is a, a big, uh, a great big love of mine, which also as well, I was really lucky that... Um, Lucky for me, but not so lucky for my dear friend, Matt, who 
I was covering him as Reese, so he bro- he actually broke his leg on one of the shows. So I took over the role, which meant then that I got to do the filming of um, of our house, uh, which is a phenomenal thing to kind of have as a, as a little look back uh, for yourself. But yeah, the, the the resident directing then kind of took over, and I started doing that on High School Musical, which we toured around the UK, which I know came to came to Manchester as well twice, and then High School Musical two, which came to Manchester and being honest, all my shows have kind of that I've looked after have come back to Manchester. Hairspray, um, Sister Act, Jersey Boys, uh, a few there that I've kind of toured with. And whenever it comes to the Opera House or the Palace or the Lowry in Salford, which I've played a couple of times as well, uh, it, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to come back to your home city and and share it and go, yeah, all that training, all that time was worth it because we're here now telling this story to those people. Um, yeah, and then I continued directing my own things and then becoming an associate director, which brings us kind of up to date with where I am now, which, is, as you know, I'm uh, I'm very lucky to have been asked to join the uh, the creative team of Newsies, which is playing at the Troubadour in Wembley. But unfortunately, only until, well, depending on when, they, when this goes out in, uh, only until next week, until next Sunday, which is, uh, uh, yeah, it... it it did so well that they actually extended the run. It was only supposed to run for just over, I think it was six months, and they've ended up doing now nearly a year. And I've been there a few months. I came in just to kind of um, help out with a few little little odds and ends. Um, yeah, and that's kind of where we are up to now. I know that was a very long-winded way round of saying it, but yeah, that's a little bit of the history of where I've kind of come from and uh, and getting to where I am now. It's a great story, and um, I'm, I'm so proud of you as a Mancunian that you've had so much success. Oh, thank you. I've been talking recently to some of the cast of I Should Be So Lucky, which is in preparation stage, if you like, the Stock Ake and Waterman music. That's right. In yeah. Manchester. And I talked previously to some of the cast of Back to the Future when they were workshopping, and... I can understand the workshopping process and the need for producers and directors in that process. But once the show is up and, and running and established, the quiet question is, what is your role then? I mean, once news is, is going, I mean, I saw it a few months ago. It's a brilliant, brilliant show. Once it's established and you've got a cast, I know there'll be um, understudies will come in maybe and there might be the odd cast change. But what, what's your role then? You know, how, what, what's your day-to-day role? Because I, I never imagined that in a in a theatre there would be a director sat somewhere or still involved in the production. Yeah, great question. Um, I become I become the director's voice um, during rehearsals. In a usual process, I would be sat with the director through the planning stage as well. So you also become a sounding board, and you will offer things up as well because we are in a creative room it's not that a director has every chess move placed out it doesn't work like that like in a game of chess you know you have to be thinking about the that other person and how you how you kind of work with them and the best way to do that and you'll hear part two of my interview with mark hilton associate producer of many many shows including newsies which is running uh, in london at the moment uh, next week and from that show the aforementioned newsies his King of New York. You don't need money when you're famous. They give you whatever you want gratis. Such as a pair of new shoes with matching laces. Permanent box at the sheep's head races. me on the ride with a sour pickle. My personal puss on a wooden nickel. Look at me. 
For all your local news, weather, programming, or to listen to your favorite interviews again, check the website at ribblefm.com. 106.7 Ribble FM.
6.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley. Ribble FM News. From the Sky News Centre at 10, breaking news. Donald Trump has posted on social media that he expects to be indicted tonight. He already faces criminal charges in two other cases as he campaigns to regain the presidency next year. SNP politician Margaret Ferrier has lost her seat in Parliament after a recall petition attracted enough signatures to force a by-election. She broke COVID lockdown rules and says she won't be standing again in Rutherglen and Hamilton West in Scotland. David Linden, the SNP spokesman for social justice and MP for Glasgow East, outlines what happens next. The SNP chief whip will move the rep when Parliament returns the first week back after recess. Um, that has been communicated to the government and it's been communicated to the Speaker of the House of Commons as well. We want this by-election to take place as soon as possible, and that's exactly what will happen. Hospitality businesses say rises in duty on alcohol are another setback as they strive to recover after COVID lockdowns. A new system taxes all alcohol based on strength rather than in categories. One idea behind it is to encourage people to cut back. Miles Beale from the Wine and Spirit Trade Association says drinking is already showing a steady decline, though. Consumers are drinking 15% less now than they were 15 years ago. The truth is the government has brought in the biggest uh, rise in excise duty in almost 50 years in one fell swoop. There's been the biggest annual drop in house prices for 14 years. Nationwide says they fell by 3.8% in July, with the lender describing the market as subdued. Sport England have made it through to the knockout stages of the World Cup after a convincing win over China. The 6-1 victory saw the Lionesses clinch top spot in Group D. And if the weather allows, you might see a relatively rare sight in the sky tonight, the first of two supermoons in August. That's a full moon which is closer to the Earth and a appears bigger and brighter. That's the latest. I'm Victoria Lawrence. Welcome back to the second hour of Break a Leg. My name is Ian Cheeseman and this is a show dedicated to all things theatrical and musical theatre. Now that could be just a play, a stage play. Maybe it's somewhere like the Royal Exchange in Manchester. It might be at your local Amdram. But also the big, big shows that have toured the world have been the West End and Broadway. And in this hour, I usually feature three shows and today is no exception three very different shows i might add we're going to hear a couple of songs because they're long ones from bat out of hell the musical a little bit later on from the musical film which uh, of course the great lin-manuel miranda was involved in mary poppins returns the sort of sequel to the original brilliant mary poppins written musically anyway by the sherman brothers but first up chicago the musical and this is roxy Who says that murder 
many people listening who've never seen Chicago the musical it is uh, very different than a lot of other Chicago's but very much loved by so many people who like musical theatre it's a 1975 if you didn't know this American musical uh, with music by John Kander and lyrics by Frank Ebb and a book by Ebb and Bob Fosse it's of course set in Chicago in the jazz age the musical is based on a 1926 play of the same title by reporter Maureen Dallas Watkins about actual criminals and crimes on which she reported. I suppose the names might have been changed. The world premiere was at the Forest Theatre in Philadelphia in 1975 and it's run on Broadway, it's running, of course, in Chicago and all over the world. Have you seen it? And it's one of those favourites of yours, then you will love this section because we've got three more songs from this show, starting with Razzle Dazzle. Mr Flynn, his honour is here. Oh, Billy, I'm scared. Roxy, you got nothing to worry about. It's all a circus, kid. A three-ring circus. These trials, the whole world, all show business. But, kid, you're working with a star. The biggest. Give them the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle. Give them an act with lots of flash in it. And the reaction will be passionate Give them the old hocus pocus Bead and feather em. How can they see with sequins in their eyes? What if your hinges all are rusting? What if, in fact, you're just disgusting? Razzle dazzle them, and they'll never catch wise. <laughs> Fake and up in it. 
bagel Razzle dazzle And they'll beg you for more <laughs> Act like a dummy. You sit on my lap and I'll do all the talking. Mr. Billy Flynn sings the press conference rag. Notice how his mouth never moves. Almost. Where'd you come from? Mississippi. And your parents? Very wealthy. Where are they now? Six feet under. But she was granted one more start. The convent of the Sacred Heart. When'd you get here? 1920. How old were you? Away, convince me to elope one day. A convent girl, a runaway marriage. Oh, it's too terrible, you poor, poor dear. Who's Fred Casey? My ex boyfriend. Why'd you shoot him? I was leaving. Was he angry? Like a madman. Still, I said, Fred, move along. She knew that she was doing wrong. Then describe it. He came toward me. A tiger. He had strength and she had none. And yet we both reach for the gun. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, we both, oh yes, we both, oh yes, we both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh yes, we both reach for the gun, for the gun. Understandable, understandable, yes, it's perfectly understandable, comprehensible, comprehensible, not a bit reprehensible, it's so defensible. How you feeling? Very frightened. Are you sorry? Are you kidding? What's your statement? All I say is, though 
my choo-choo jump the track, I'd give my life to bring him back. Stay away from jazz and liquor and the men who play for fun. That's the thought that came upon me when we both reached for the gun. Understandable, understandable. Yes, it's perfectly understandable, comprehensible, comprehensible. Not a bit reprehensible. It's so defensible. Play three songs from the musical Chicago, which is so many people's favourite. We can't not finish this sequence before we move on to Mary Poppins Returns without all that jazz. Come on, babe, why don't we paint the town? And all that jazz, I'm gonna lose my knees and roll my stockings down. And all that jazz, start the car. I know a whoopee spot where the gin is cold, but the piano's hot. It's just a noisy hall where there's a nightly brawl and all that Gonna blow the blues And all that jazz Hold on, hun We're gonna bunny hug I bought some aspirin Down that United drug In case we shake up And want a brand new star To do That Where there's a nightly brawl and all that Find a flask, we're playing fast and loose And all that jazz, right 
listening to Break a Leg. My name is Ian Cheeseman, all things theatrical and musical theatre. In this hour, we focus very much on the music. You've already heard songs from Chicago, the musical, and now it's never been a stage version. It's always been on film. It's Mary Poppins Returns. The original film, which Walt Disney oversaw, which the Sherman Brothers, who I featured a little bit of last week, uh, wrote the brilliant music for. The new version, Mary Poppins Returns, um, of course, had the music of Lynn Man. Well, Miranda, who sings the opening number underneath the lovely London sky. Life has hit the ground There's lots of treasures to be found Underneath the lovely London sky Though the lamps I'm turning down Please don't feel blue For in this part of London town The light shines through don't believe the things you've read You never know what's up ahead Underneath the lovely London sky Have a pot of tea Mend your broken cup There's a different point of view Awaiting you If you would just look up I know Yesterday you had to borrow from your chums Seems the promise of tomorrow never comes But since you dreamed the night away Tomorrow's here, it's called today To count your blessings, you're a lucky guy 
underneath the lovely London sky. by yourself There was quite another world upon your shelf Hold on Where each day crowds make their way upon the sun's descent To a mythical, mystical, never quite logistical tent Yes, in this dilly dynamical, simply ceramical Royal Dalton Ball There's a cuddly and curious furry and furious animal watering hole Where the monkeys and hummingbirds know the tunes and the words every beast large and small Drawable, always uncorable, Royal Dalton Music Hall. Ooh, that one tickled my tail. Nearly there, Mary Poppins. Yes, in this marvelous, mystical, rather sophistical Royal Dalton Ball. There's a lot of birds queuing up, a lot of hams chewing up scenery they swallow whole. There are lots of cats tuning strings. Nightingales in the wings waiting for their big drum roll. At the simply sensational, standing ovational Royal Dalton. Oh, yes, that. Silly me. Stand right up! Stand right up! Goodness! How on earth did she do that? One thing you should know about Mary Poppins, she never explains anything. Hurry, hurry! Get tickets while you can for the one night only. One and only... Mary Poppins! What an honour it is to have you join us this evening. Thank you. And who is this I see? Why, it's John, Annabelle and Georgie Banks. You know us? Of course, everyone knows the Banks children. Hurry along now, get yourself some peanuts and candy floss and go right on in. Maybe Mary Poppins? Yes. <laughs> Just keep away from the edge of the bowl.
Royal Dalton Music Hall from Mary Poppins Returns. Before that, underneath the lovely London sky. We've got three more songs from the musical film Mary Poppins Returns on the way. It, of course, starred Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins and Jack was played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who was involved in writing the songs as well. And although the Sherman Brothers wrote the original Mary Poppins film, the much-beloved Mary Poppins, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's probably best known for Hamilton captured the essence of what Sherman Brothers went for in the first film. And he also captured some of the sentiment, which I think this next song sums up perfectly, the place where lost things go. Do you ever lie awake at night? Between the dark and the morning light Searching for the things you used to know Looking for the place where the lost things go Do you ever dream or reminisce Wondering where to find what you truly miss Well, maybe all those things that you love so Are waiting in the place where the lost things go Memories you've shared Gone for good you feared They're all around you still Though they've disappeared Nothing's really left Or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So maybe now the dish and my best spoon Are playing hide-and-seek just behind the moon Waiting there until it's time to show Spring is like that now Far beneath the snow Hiding in the place Where the lost things go Time to close your eyes so sleep can come around For when you dream you'll find All that's lost is found Maybe on the moon Or maybe somewhere new Maybe all you're missing lives inside of you So when you need her touch And loving gaze but not forgotten is the perfect phrase Smiling from a star that she makes glow Trust she's always there Watching as you grow Find her in the place
Uncle Gutenberg was a bookworm and he lived on Charing Cross. The memory of his volumes brings a smile. He would read me lots of stories when he wasn't on the source. Now I'd like to share the wisdom of my favorite bibliophile. He said, Discover is not the book, so I open it up and take a look. Because under the covers, one discovers that the king may be a crook. Chapter titles are like signs, and if you read between the lines, you'll find your first impression was mistook. For a cover is nice, but a cover is not the book. Mary Poppins, could you give us an example? Certainly. Nellie Rubina was made of wood, but what could not be seen was though her trunk up top was barren. Well, her roots were lush and green. So in spring, when Mr. Hickory saw her blossoms blooming there, he took root despite her bark, and now there's seedlings everywhere. Which proves a cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. And a leaf. So no one tried to rob her cause she barely wore a stick. But when you're in your birthday suit, there ain't much there to show you're rich. Oh, cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Cause under the covers, one discovers that the king may be a First impression was mistook. Yeah, da da da. For a cover is nice, but a cover is not the book. Oh, give us the one about the dirty rascal, why don't you? Isn't that one a bit long? Well, the quicker you're into it, the quicker you're out of it. Time in a nursery rhyme, there was a castle with a king hiding in a wing. Because he never went to school to learn a single thing. He had scepters and swords and a parliament of lords, but on the inside he was sad. He died because he never had a wisdom for numbers, a wisdom for words. Though his crown was quite immense, his brain was smaller than a bird's. So the queen of the nation made a royal proclamation to the missus and the messes, the more lessers, bring me all the land's professors. Then she went to the hairdressers, and they came from the east and they came from the south. From each college, they put knowledge from their brains into his mouth. But the king couldn't learn, so each professor met their fate. For the queen had the head. Removed and placed upon the gate And on that date I stayed there once I got a note The mate was now the late great But then suddenly one day A stranger started in to sing He said, I'm the dirty rascal And I'm here to teach the king And the queen clutched the jewels For she hated royal fools But the school had some rules They really ought to teach in schools Like you'll be a happy king If you enjoy the things you've got You should never try to be The kind of person that you're not So they sang and they laughed For the king had found a friend And they ran onto a rainbow For the story's perfect end So the moral is You mustn't let the outside be the guide For it's not so cut and dried Well, unless it's Dr. Jekyll Then you better hide no, the truth can't be denied, as I now have testified. All that really counts and matters is the special stuff inside. Oh, a cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Cause under the covers, one discovers that the king may be a crook. So please listen to what we've said and open a book tonight in bed. So one more time before we get the hooks. Sing it out strong. A cover is not. Please take her advice. A cover You'll pay the price! A 
classic song from a film which deserves, I think, one day to be a stage musical, uh, Mary Poppins Returns, and a cover is not the book. Well, this is the one, I suppose, a bit like Chim Chimney and all the rest of it from the original film, Triple Light Fantastic, which uh, shows off the dancing in the film. This is the last one. We'll move on to Bat Out of Hell after this, but not before a trip a little light fantastic. Let's say you're lost in a park shore. You can give in to the dark or you can trip a little light fantastic with me. When you're alone in your room, your choices just embrace the gloom or you can trip a little light fantastic with me. For if you hide under the covers, you might never see the day. But if the spark can start inside your heart, then you can always find the way. So when life is getting dreary, just pretend that you're a leery as you trip a little life fantastic with me. What's a leery? Why, to what we lamplighters call ourselves, of course. Time to send out the call to arms. Learys, trip the lights and lead the way. When you're stuck in the mist, sure, you can struggle and resist, or you can trip a little light fantastic with me. Now say you're lost in the crowd, well, you can stamp and scream out loud, or you can trip a little light fantastic with me. And when the fog comes rolling in, just keep your feet upon the path. Mustn't mope and frown, or worse, lie down, don't let it be your epitaph. So when life is getting scary, be your own illuminary, who can shine the light for all the world to see. As you trip a little light fantastic with me. O'Leary loves the edge of night, though dim to him the world looks bright. He's got the gift of second sight. To trip a little light, fantastic! O'Leary's job's to light the way. To take the night and make it day. We mimic the moon, yes, that's our aim. For we're the keepers of the And if you're deep inside a tunnel when there is no end in sight, well, just carry on until the dawn. It's darkest right before the light.
Yes, in a bit of kick and prance. What did he say? Kick and prance, it means dance. It's leery speak. You don't say the word you mean, you say some of the rhymes only. Here, I'll show you how it works. Angus, give us your weeping wail. To the rest of you, that means tail. I was short of a sheep. It was in the street. Just to tumble down a sink. Just to get himself a drink. Then I pinched what's fat He grabbed his ladder. Too small and smirk. To work. You see, there's nothing to it. Can you speak Leary, Mary Poppins? Can I speak Leary? Of course she can. She's Mary Poppins. Can we do it with you? Please. Oh, very well, then. Children, tell us your sorry tale. Give us your wee bad Well, we had this ball. Rabbit in the hole. That fell and broke. Bicycle spoon. So we took it to a shop. Like a lollipop. And went upside down. That's a circus clown. Then went to the bank. Rattle and clang. Got lost in the fog. Lump on a log. So we found a friend. Who stands in defence. Who took us on the trip. Snap a horse's whip. And we took it all like now that sounds a little bit bombastic. But they tripped the line. We tripped the line. They tripped the line. For this final musical of this week's show, I'm Ian Cheeseman and this is uh, Break a Leg, of course. We've only got two songs. One of them is nine minutes long and that will be Bat Out of Hell, Hell, the title track, which is on the way soon. But first up, it's not all Meat Love songs. Originally, uh, Celine Dion had a hit with It's All Coming Back to Me Now and that's the one we're going to kick off with.
tears turned to dust And I just knew my eyes were drying up forever I can barely recall 
that song. I love that musical. I've seen it a few different times, and that is a fantastic song within the show. It's all coming back to me now from Bat Out of Hell, the musical, which uh, the book was written by Jim Steinman. You won't be surprised to learn because he writes the music, the lyrics and everything for all of those songs. But Bat Out of Hell is a song that is best associated with meatloaf, and it's a fantastic ending to the first act of the show. I'll be back to do more in terms of uh, featuring interviews and music from theatre, from musical theatre with another uh, break a leg same time next week with me Ian Cheeseman we're going to finish though with Bat Out of Hell from the musical if you're in a show this week you're going to watch one break a leg
damned, you know I wanna be damned Dancing through the night with you But if I gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned Gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned Gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned Dancing through the night
106.7 Ribble FM.
106.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley, Ribble FM News.